plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Coming at you, our first episode, Locked On Saints podcast, Nick Underhill of The Advocate, joining me, Adam West. Nick Underhill, follow him on Twitter, at Nick underscore Underhill. You can request to follow me on Twitter, at AskMeToStay323. People, you you did this. If it wasn't for our listeners and, and everyone involved in being a fan of the Saints Talk podcast, this Locked On Saints podcast would have never been possible. Nick, how are you feeling right now? Are you feeling like, are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling excited about, about the new pod? Uh, a little bit of everything, I guess. I'm, I'm excited to get this going. Um, excited about the football season about to be here. 50 days. 50 days. Well, hey, training camp and like, five or three so that that's that's the start of football season for me i'm excited to get out there start watching these guys we can finally stop wondering how things are going to work and start seeing how they're going to work as far as the podcast goes this is definitely a new era we're going to be a daily show we're going to have camp updates every day starting uh by wednesday we'll hear from mickey loomis and sean payton and then thursday practices start getting underway so there's going to be a lot going on and hopefully you guys will join us, make us part of your daily routine. And then when you're done listening to us, you can hop over to uh, Locked On Pelicans with Brett Dawson, who covers the uh, the Pelicans for The Advocate. So uh, two, two, two shows every morning, get them in there, and uh, hopefully we're part of your daily routine. Jumping on the first Locked On Saints pot episode, you know, Nick, Nick and I, we like to do things big. So we can't start the, the new era, you know, with some – lackadaisical episode so we figured that to start off the episode new era right that we're going to bring on an old guest and joining us later in the episode evan silva of the world world jumping on talking upcoming saints football 2016 season offense defense and an outlook of what he feels the saints are, are going to finish for the upcoming season so so we're excited to we're excited to to start the episode in the new era, right? For the, on the Locked On Saints podcast, I'm interested to get kind of an outside perspective because when you're looking so close to the team, you can kind of start to overlook their faults and get optimistic about all the what ifs. And as we know that there are a lot of what ifs with this team, starting on defense, Jared Spurd, uh, Keenan Lewis, Ellerby. The missing pass rusher offense that there's the guard that's somewhat of an issue so maybe evan can come on and kind of kind of just bring that broader view and that outsider's view of uh 
how things are going to shape up for the Saints this year. And I think generally me and you are both kind of like around eight and eight, nine and seven. And then if a couple things hit right, maybe maybe they're a 10 win team sneak into the playoffs. But maybe maybe we're being unrealistic and way too optimistic. So let's bring Evan on and just kind of see what he has to say. Yeah, obviously, as, as a super fan host of the episode, I'm a super fan for a reason. And as realistic as I try to be at times, I'm still a fan at the end of the day. So the Homerism in me, it will still run very apparent. And I think, and you can either disagree or agree with this, but I think even as beat writers kind of, you know, get, as you were saying, get close to the team, even as a beat writer, as unpartial as your, your job, you know, it's supposed to be, I think, as you're saying, you're with the team so much that you might be a little blinded or, or jaded and, you know, having that outside perspective might help us see things maybe a little more clearly. And it's even if, you know, it's always good to have discussion, you know, debate. And as long as it's healthy and it's not, I don't know, slanderous and, and vile, that's, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the fun of, of being sports fans. You know, we could, you could be a sports fan and have a disagreement or, or you know, might not agree with someone else about, about a team. It's all, it's all healthy. It's all fun. That's what being sports fans is all about. All right. Well, let's bring them up. Evan, thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate you coming on the show. We, you know, much love to you. Um, and before we even continue, if you're listening, if you can hear the sound of my voice about, you know, about listening to this pod, check out Evan's work on Roto World. He's, uh, you know, the fantasy guru king of, I, I don't I don't know. He just, he makes money killing it in fantasy. So check out his work on Roto World. As training camp's going to kick up, there's going to be so many news blurs about the Saints and other football teams. So to just get the, the latest information on any football team, go to Roto World, get the, the daily nuggets that they hit us with every day. Adam, thanks for coming back on the show again, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Adam. And uh, I will. There will not be any Josh Hill hot takes on this year's show <laughs> from me. Uh, but I wanted to ask uh, Nick if there will be any CJ Spiller hot takes from him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I owe you and everybody that reads you an apology. I, I think I, I single-handedly like upped his draft position by a couple rounds, and I, I just want to say my bad. What's no, I mean, we, it wasn't just it wasn't just you, man. It was I mean, the Saints signed him. They signed him to basically the same contract as Mark Ingram last offseason. They were all I mean, I thought there were a lot of indications that they were going to use him. And, you know, of course, that he was going to be healthy. But um, I mean, Sean Payton was talking him up too. you know, it wasn't just you. And CJ Spiller always has a special place in anyone who's played fantasy's hearts because of that one magical year that he had in Buffalo. But the rest of his career has been kind of a disappointment. And um, I mean, Nick, what, how are you, how are you feeling about him this year? We can get into other guys eventually, but we got to talk about CJ Spiller. So what do you, what do you think about him this year? Should I be embarrassed that like, there's still a small piece of me buried deep down inside that, that still believes he can do something. No, that, we all have that. We all have <laughs> I, I think my expectations this year, I'm, I'm going in with no expectations whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, Sean Payton told us that he thought he was moving better. He thought he got some of his bursts back. During the offseason, I, I had some off-the-record conversations with, with some people, and they thought that he was never quite right last year, that he, he wasn't able to cut. And I think if you go and you watch some of his tape, there, there's some weird plays where 
there's like a hole to his right. Oh. He just kind of like runs right into a tackler and isn't able to make that cut. So there could be some truth to that, but during mm-hmm. OTAs, during minicamp, during OTAs, during minicamp, I, I didn't see enough to, to kind of counter counteract the disappointment of last season there or to really go along with what people are saying. So I'm eager to see him at training camp and kind of get that bigger picture to find out, you know, if, if he can be that guy, but it's going to be tough. They moved so much towards Mark Ingram last year. He he really became like a yeah. bell cow. He, you know, and if that defense is better, he, he might still be around 220 carries, 230 carries. He's catching the ball out of the backfield now. He's by far the best in pass protection. So I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Spiller to kind of regain his spot. And what may have even been most disappointing from a fantasy standpoint was that even when Mark Ingram went out in week 13 or whatever it was last year, you know, the Saints did not go to Spiller. They went to Tim Hightower, who it seems like the Saints envisioned Tim Hightower as basically a poor man's Ingram because he can do all those things, maybe not quite as well, but he can do all the – I mean, he can he can be the back that can be in there in all phases. I mean, I remember when he was coming up in Washington, one of the things that Tim Hightower always had going for him was that he was a really physical and good pass protector so it seems like cj spiller isn't even necessarily number two on the depth chart i i think hightower actually was kind of like disappointing in pass pro last year and i, I thought that was his biggest liability I, I think maybe getting back into the game you know you have quite a quite a layoff mm-hmm. so i'm not going to hold that against him but then even the last two weeks of the season once, once spiller they gave up on him and they put cadet in there cadet looked amazing and he, he gave a shot of life to the offense that i think wasn't there all year so it's going to be tough competition for him kind of just just coming back. He's, he's coming back from nothing. So if I'm a fantasy guy, it's just I, maybe I pick him up very, very late and hope for the best. But you can't go into the year counting anything from, from C.J. Spiller. And I, I guess kind of starting out here, I, I just kind of want to get your view on this team, like more of a global view, maybe – maybe hit us with a record prediction where you kind of see some, some weaknesses. Yeah. So this is a team that always runs a lot of plays. Like last year they were fourth in the NFL in offensive plays. That's one of the first things I always look at, you know, how much volume is in this offense because volume translate to opportunities, which translate to fantasy points. And they've consistently been a top 10 team in total offensive plays run. Uh, Last year they were second in pass attempts and I don't think looking at this defense that there are any reasons to believe that this won't be a team that is, again, high-scoring, pass-heavy. And, you know, I think that that is going to be the way that they continue to run their offense. Uh, the schedule is a little bit concerning to me because you're talking about both West divisions where the defenses are really, really difficult. They have to play – Carolina twice in the middle of the fantasy season you know sometimes teams will avoid their in-division opponents by playing them in week 17 when fantasy leagues don't go on but the 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 Saints have to play Carolina twice once in week six and once in week 11 and um, Drew Brees throughout his career has been a quarterback that had crazy home away splits And that especially continued last year. Um, Last year, 
Drew Brees played. He, he missed one game with that shoulder injury early in the season, but he played five game or he played eight games at the Superdome, and he finished as a top five fantasy quarterback in eight of those weeks. And then he only and then he played seven road games, and he only finished in the top ten on a weekly basis in one of those seven road games. So I expect those be, just because they've been with him his entire career. I expect those home away. Uh, splits to continue and if you look at the Saints home schedule it's pretty tough man I mean you got Oakland who I think that they are going to be I think their defense could be really really good in week one you got week three against Atlanta that'll be a week where I'm using Drew Brees in daily fantasy he should light it up that week but then you got Carolina Seattle Denver the Rams and then and then finally in week 13 you get the lions. So that scares me a little bit about drew Brees. but uh, you know, ultimately I, I look at the makeup of this team. I look at the way that they've historically played. I look at all the weapons with uh, Kobe Fleener, a uh, really athletic tight end uh, with uh, Michael Thomas, a guy who scored 18 touchdowns in his final two seasons, you know, six foot three to 12. I think, you know, all the, all the reviews from the beat writers, coming out of the spring where that Michael Thomas looked pretty darn good and maybe so good that the Saints aren't going to sign Anquan Bolden, who they apparently looked at at one point. And then Willie Sneed, who's, what, 23, 24 years old, and Brandon Cooks, who's, what, 22, 23 years old. You know, arrow up on those guys. And then Mark Ingram, of course, set career highs in every receiving category this year. So, you know, I think that the weapons will be able to offset some of the difficult schedule, and schedules can can be hit or miss anyway. So I'm I'm really liking Drew Brees um, as a fantasy quarterback as usual this year. Let me ask you what you think of Brandon Cooks. I, I wrote my thing a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and I said I thought he'd get about 1,200 yards, which is on par with last season. And some people, uh, Mr. Aaron Nagler, I saw had had some reaction. <clears throat> I'm curious what you kind of expect from him this year. Well, you wrote that he had a floor of 1,200 yards. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said floor. I should have said my expectation. The floor was probably probably a little bit too hot for for what I wanted to say. So <laughs> I, I'll walk back. That's floor. Right. Are, are, you walk walking, floor. are you walking it back right now? <laughs> I'm walking it back. No, in in a business where we are like parsing you know we we are parsing words we we are examining every little word that you write you know that that can be a little i mean i i don't like i really actually didn't have a problem with it if he stays healthy i think that his floor should be right around 1150 to 1250 yards right, so i, I, I don't agree. i don't it wasn't that hot of a take it actually wasn't that hot of a take but um my, my question is brandon cook's upside like so to me Brandon or Drew Brees has always been a quarterback that has spread the ball around a lot. Um, no Saints wide receiver in the last eight years, excuse me, one Saints wide receiver in the last eight years has seen over 130 targets in a season. Marcus Colson saw 131 targets in 2010. Um, Jimmy Graham did have some big target seasons, but he never got to 150 targets. Um, there are a lot of mouths to feed in New Orleans. And uh, there were eight receivers in the NFL who last year saw 150 targets. 
that you know that's that's tough company to get into and I don't know if Brandon Cooks is ready to be Antonio Brown, you know, handling 175 to 190 oh targets. You know, especially with especially with all these other good receiving options with a quarterback that you know, he where whereas Matthew Stafford maybe decides who he's going to throw to when he's coming out of the huddle, Drew Brees like works through his progressions and he's going to find the open dude. So that makes me wonder what Brandon, you know, can Brandon, Brandon Cooks is not, I don't think that he's ready to get to that Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham pantheon yet. But he was already a stud fantasy receiver last year. I mean, you remember Brandon Cooks had, or Drew Brees had the shoulder injury early in the season. He came back in week four. From week four on, Brandon Cooks was the number nine overall fantasy receiver. So he is a stud fantasy receiver. It's just, I don't know if he's ready to be, you know, a, a truly elite guy, but he's also what 22, 23 years old. So that, that, that very well may be in his future. I just, I'm not sure it's going to be this year. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. In looking at his targets, I, I would expect him probably to kind of be around where he was last year, just given that there are so many weapons in this offense and so many people, need to get their yards. And it's interesting that he, that's kind of where that you pointed out that those first four weeks, I thought the first four weeks last year, they kind of struggled to get him open. I know mm-hmm. he got some yards. He had his best game in the first four weeks when McCown was a quarterback, at least in my opinion. But then as the season progressed, they kind of started getting better at finding ways to scheme him open. Mm-hmm. They were doing some of the, the three tight end stuff. He get a lot of shot plays out of that when he was getting single high coverage. And I think just having Fleener on the field with him, who might draw a safety at times, could help him mm-hmm. get more opportunities. And I think just as he's been here and he's in the system, I think Peyton's getting a better idea of how to use him. So a repeat of last year, I really don't think it is out of the question. I would, I wouldn't, you know, say the floor is twelve hundred, but if he doesn't get twelve hundred yards, I'd kind of be surprised. But I agree, I don't see him becoming. Antonio Brown, just because even even if the talent were there, it's just the opportunity. I don't think Antonio Brown would be Antonio Brown in New Orleans. So it's just there's too mm-hmm. many people around that that need to eat, like you said. A lot of a lot of discussion talking about the offensive weapons on the team and and what Drew Brees has at his disposal this upcoming season. But I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Oh, is that Evan in Chicago? Is that things things happening there? Uh, <laughs> you know, I gotta stay low. I gotta stay low. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we we remiss if we didn't speak on you know the biggest question mark on the team on the offensive side of the football for the New Orleans Saints come, upcoming season. It's the offensive line um, and the unsteadiness or uncertainty that that's going to be at there, at least specifically at the guard position, or at least at one of the guard positions heading into the mm-hmm. season. I think last year, um, you know, Nick gave a diatribe uh, about the offensive line on the last episode. But last mm-hmm. year, there was inconsistencies in terms of, especially at the guard position, with the revolving door of Lolito and 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 Tim, Tim Lolito and then Senor, Senor Calamente. Um, if that doesn't get short, shored up, the offense continue might continue to struggle with interior pressure. So what are both you, your guys' thoughts heading into the season or heading into training camp about the offensive line? 
Well, let, let me just start this and then I can throw it back to Nick because and, and Nick can like, you know, give us some actual answers. But I, the way that I, you know, evaluate offensive lines, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't watch offensive linemen. I don't know what it takes to be a good offensive lineman, really. You know, so I use pro football focus. I, I lean heavily on them. They watch every snap of every game. You know, they're going to get some stuff wrong. But for the most part, they're going to get most stuff right. So they really liked Lolito as a run blocker last year. I think we all agree that Teron Armstead probably is, you know, a guy who's a really solid left tackle. Same can be said for Max Unger. Uh, and then Streif, I mean, they haven't been able to, you know, he's a guy who it seems like they've been willing to replace, but they can't move him because he's so solid. And then Pete now at right guard. So, and I think the Saints got a really high grade or ranking entering the season from pro football focus i want to say it was like a top 10 maybe yeah. even really high up yeah they were i think they're um, eighth heading into the heading into the season yeah so to me i'm viewing it as a strength what, what do you think nick it's kind of a question mark to me and i would agree with their take on lolito being good against the run and i think calamente too both of those guys are surprisingly athletic and they can pull and, and they do a good job there I think the big thing is, is is just finding consistency. I thought the issue last year with those guys, and they all got to turn at that, that guard position opposite Evans. None of them locked down the job. I think it's just finding consistency. And I think Pete will be a lot better having had a full off season to prepare to play guard. And he's also hopefully mm-hmm. going to show up to camp in shape. Last year, he was dreadfully out of shape. He couldn't even finish his Oof. fitness runs at the end of practice. He he was stopping and sucking wind. It, it wasn't a good scene. So I think I think he should be able to lock down that one spot. And there's enough guys around that I think somebody's going to emerge to at least be passable at that other guard spot. So it's a question mark, but I don't think it's anywhere near the, the level of some of the questions they have on defense at pass rusher and some of those other things. It's just an area of concern but not – I wouldn't put it in, like, my top one or two things that I'm worried about on the defense – or the on the team. Do we do we have to address the defense? Like, I, I really don't. So I don't think the Saints' defense is going to be very good this year. And <laughs> Just just coming right at it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason. I mean, the, the secondary is like – so we know Bro is pretty good. And yes. And – we know that Vaccaro has had like what, one out of three good seasons, maybe one and a half. I thought I and thought then, he was decent yeah. last year, but I'll, okay. I'll I'll let you have that. No, I mean definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but um, <laughs> I mean th- these are kind of my takes on you know just how how I'm viewing it. Keenan Lewis is like just a total roll of the dice, you know, and I don't know. I mean, are they going to play Damian Swan at slot corner? It's going to be either him or uh, PJ Williams. Okay, PJ Williams. He's not. A, he's not a slot corner, is he? He's gotten some reps there, but yeah, I, I need to see more before I know for sure. Okay, LRB is terrible at weak side linebacker. I think that's a misnomer. We're just okay. we're just arguing with every one of his points right now. <laughs> let, <laughs> let the man, we got to let the man say his piece. Okay. 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 Sorry. No, no I mean, point. do you do you guys think that LRB is good? I think he had a. I think he played very good against Atlanta last year. Um, 
I think he okay. could be. I think he could be okay. I think he could. So be one. Okay. So one game against a bad team. Okay. I mean, I, I don't have strong thoughts because I saw him play like, okay. you right. know, a handful of snaps. He's just uh, he he was terrible in Miami. I remember when the the Dolphins signed him. He's one of those classic like players that the Ravens viewed as expendable, but then you know, and then the team that gave him a big contract got burned. Um. So you don't really have any edge rusher. I mean, you know, for, for as good as Cameron Jordan is, he's not like a bend the edge speed rusher. I'd agree with that. You don't have anybody opposite him. You have major question marks at all three levels of the defense. The defense is going to be terrible again. So you, you don't think that they could get the, like, league average? No, no. No way. I, that's kind of been like my thing. I, I think if like they need to get the league average to be a playoff team again. I think they need to be a playmaking defense that knows it's going to be up against the pass a lot and is going to have to get takeaways. Because I just do you, I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody. Do you think that the the change from Rob Ryan to Dennis Allen and just potentially there being more or I should say less communication issues um, on defense may have, I mean, may have any effect on, on the upcoming season. I think that coaching impact is like severely overrated and it comes down to the players. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's and fair. I think that even if you asked a coach, they would agree with that. They'd be like, I'm, I'm only as good as my, my, my players are, you know. I can try to put them in the right positions, but if we don't have players that can make plays, I I think the I think the way, and this is the, the super fan in me talking, is that if even somehow the defense can be very reminiscent to how um, the Cowboys defense was when they went to the playoffs, what, a se- or two seasons ago, like they're – that that Cowboys defense didn't on paper have a lot of talent, but they just paid, they played competitively and they played sound football enough to, they were average and, and manageable. Obviously they had, you know, dy- dynamic player like Sean Lee at the middle linebacker position, but you know, in, in general, you know, that, that team didn't have a whole bunch of playmakers on it, but they played sound defense under Rob Marinelli, and I think that if the Saints are going to be successful on defense any for the season, they have to have a similar type of defense this upcoming season. But that was a special case because DeMarco Murray had like 400 carries that season, and they were able to play ball control and milk the clock and keep their defense off the field. And Rod Marinelli is a good coach. I would say that that's one of the coaches where you know I, I look at him being you know as the coordinator of a unit and it's like oh well this team might overachieve right um but uh you know i I don't i don't know that see to me the saints are a shootout team and and whereas the the you know the the total inverse of the cowboys that year where the cowboys were a ball control team i don't i i think they're gonna have to make a lot of plays they're gonna have to get a lot of interceptions you know They're, they're gonna you know, as yeah. a team, I think they're very similar to how the current structure of the Indianapolis Colts have been set up, except 
yeah. the Saints don't don't play in uh, an easier an easy division as the AFC South is. I think there's a lot of not. I mean, you can make an argument, but there are some similarities between the team in terms of just you know they're both shootout teams, and if you know if their defense isn't expected to make plays, it all leans on the offense heavily. Yeah, they both play indoors. I would definitely agree with that. I think the big thing for the Saints is that they need to figure out how to uh, manufacture some turnovers. If they don't, I think it's going to be a long season. I mean, some of those Patriots yeah. teams, you know, three, four, five years ago, they, they were pretty dreadful in terms of yards surrendered, but yep. they just always seemed to get an opportune pick, and it always seemed to come in the red zone. You know, if the Saints are going to live on the edge, they got to find a way to save themselves now and then with, with the interception here or there. And if they don't, I, I think it's going to be another eight and eight or worse season. But if they can get some turnovers, maybe they, they have a shot, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, I feel like even when they had their big, what was it, 2009? Um, yeah. That's what they were then. They were a playmaking team with like Darren Sharper and you know dudes who who had a lot of interceptions. And I feel like that's what they need to be. I mean, they also need to get good luck. Like they're so thin on defense. Oh man, I mean, and and they have so many dudes who have been hurt so much. Jarris Bird, you know, Keenan Lewis. There's no way they could afford to lose Cameron Jordan. You know they. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it looks rough. I, I don't. I don't hate the Saints. Trust me. I I, I. I like the Saints. I like the Saints. But I. This this defensive roster looks looks horrible. Well, since you're you're reeling right now, let me uh, let me put you on the ropes and just ask you for what you think their uh, record is going to be. Can I pass on this one? <laughs> well, if you, if, if you read the fantasy the fantasy outlook, he it, it states that he would take the under. I, so I, I'm worried about their schedule, and maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on on a schedule before the season because we know that a lot of that can be ripped up. You know, a month into the season, the, the schedule doesn't matter anymore. Right, the schedule doesn't matter anymore in week one. But when I look at the teams that this that the saints are going to face. I don't think they match up well with a lot of these teams. I don't think they match up well with the teams in the AFC West that have really good defenses. You know, even the chargers who don't have a really good defense, they can score a lot of points. Um, they play the chargers on the road in in San Diego, you know, um, they play, I don't like the way they match up with the Panthers. The, the teams in the NFC West, you know, I don't, I don't like how they match up with with the Rams. Um, they they have to play the 49ers on the road, which I mean they should definitely win that game. But you know it's it's a road game, so it'll be difficult. Denver, I mean, they have to go to Arizona in Week 15. You know, the way that I'm and and I'd have no trust in the defense as we've been o- as we've been over. I think that this is a great team to target in fantasy to try to get Saints on your on your fantasy roster but I don't think that this is going to be a team that has a big has a big year in terms of one loss. With that said, I mean last year I thought they were going to be really good. I, I thought they might be a Super Bowl contender last year really? and yeah, and I was I was totally wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, um 
even that's kind of the last two years really the the Jimmy Graham trade man the last two years man I was I I love the Saints but this year I so you know going by my track record the Saints will win 12 games this year (laughs) (laughs) yeah two years ago I I was all in as well and two years yeah when when they got Jairus Bird yeah oh yeah lord I came down here from New England thinking, like, oh, like I might be covering the Patriots in the Super Bowl when they play the Saints, and then, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't gone quite like you thought. No. Evan, thank you immensely for being, you know, our first guest for the upcoming season. You know, we're we're kicking off the the new pod, and you got to kick off the new pod with, with. you know, Evan Silva, the best guy in the business. Check out his work on Roto World. Check out all his fantasy previews. Go to Roto World. Um, I wouldn't suggest joining any type of daily fantasy leagues with Evan because you'll probably lose money. Um, no, no MF, no MFs or anything like that. Just, just stay away from him. But Evan, thank you so much for joining us, man. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for having me on. I hope the Saints uh, outkick my expectations this year and. Um, I will be listening. You, you guys should do a show just talking about every player on offense. And, I mean, I, I, will, I would definitely listen to it, and I would definitely pump it up. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell Nick to do something and to commit to something because he absolutely will not. <laughs> That's, right. That was one of those, like, a chick, like, hey, you should call me. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, def- I'll definitely give you a ring. <laughs> I, I pr- appreciate your time, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Matt. All right, so now that Evan has thoroughly depressed anyone listening to this podcast, um, I don't, I don't, I don't even really know where to take it now. I don't. <laughs> I mean, it can only go up from what we just listened to, what we just talked about. I can't, I can't see it going any lower than that. I'm still not as down on the defense. I don't think and. I think getting Browner out of there will help them get better, assuming Keenan Lewis is healthy. And I, I, I still think that LRB can play. I think kind of what dogged him in Miami was injuries. I don't know. And also he's back on the weak side. He was playing in the middle there, was kind of out of position. So I, I still think he's a quality player. If they can identify that other pass rusher, I don't think that they're they're going to be dreadful. I, I think I don't think they can be any worse than they were last year how worse could it be? Like, I think it it can only go up from here defensively, right? Like it can't, it it historically can't get worse than than last season. So I'm trying not to be the Homer fan. I'm trying to be as realistic just in general as I I possibly can. But even any, anywhere from a 17 to 20th ranked defense. And as long as the offense can, can, compete to the level that it's known to compete at it, it's I don't think it's too crazy to think that they can win nine or ten games and obviously a lot has to go into it luck health blah 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 blah. I mean that's every team in the league but it's I don't think it's that crazy maybe I maybe it's just how maybe they finished the last how they finished last season um the Carolina Panther game and I, I know I know Evan kind of alluded to the Saints not matching up with them but I mean, they gave the Panthers all they could handle in the Superdome when they came for the second game of the season. And they nearly beat the Panthers with Josh, I mean, Josh McCowan. So I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, maybe I'm trying to like 
pick up the, the morale of the show after that thunderstorm of of Debbie Downerness kind of came over it. Yeah, and this this is the time of year for optimism. So we're about to start finding out it, what's real and what isn't. We're going to get camp underway. I, I think at this point we just wrap this one up and see how things shake out. I mean, we, we can keep talking in circles about what we think is going to happen, but thankfully we're about to start finding out what's going to happen. So episode one in the books, Locked on Saints podcast.